do you say? This is Bobby Blitz. This is Mark Mengi. We're from BPMD. And you are listening to Interview Under Fire. Man, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining my podcast today and our interview under fire. This is a big time of year for you guys, a big month. Um, first off, I'm going to start off by saying the obvious. Whoever wants to go first, how are you guys? Um, how have things been, you know, as for you guys as of late? And how has the life been since most of our most of us have been on lockdown since March? Has your have your lives been changing drastically since then? Yeah, um, you know, things are good, healthy. Um, everyone's healthy in my world, which is good. I could tell Blitz looks like shit, but that's a given. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but everything's good. Obviously, everything's different, you know, drastically different with, um, you know, since what, mid-March? Is it mid-March now? Something like that. I can't believe we've already been, like, three months already since all this shit has started. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Live Nation pulled the shows that, of the tour I was on on the, the 12th was my last show. So that was kind of when I think of the of the uh, the cutoff from normal to you know what became peter pandemic uh, over that last three plus months but i'm doing well too i mean you know i mean it's uh, i'm a little bit farther removed mark is more in the the epicenter of this i'm uh, i'm out in western new jersey so for me it's i'm not going to say it's business as usual you can't stop in the bar after having a motorcycle ride but you can uh, you know i've been having friends over and sitting on the deck and uh trying to keep it as normal as possible and i think Probably the best thing, not just for myself, I think most other people would agree with me, is a good state of mental health during this time. So it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to uh, promote the BPMD record, something that's so fun, especially in a time when things look uh, a little dark and, uh, let's say, uncertain. Yeah, no, and with the- I, I agree. It's mental clarity is definitely the number one priority. And it's, you know, exercising, or at least for me, exercising, being outdoors. Know, stimulating the mind it's interesting right as long as uh, the further we go down in the timeline you know we're we're march april may we're three months removed from this and you kind of just have to make a mental list of the things that you want to check off which not something that's not a pandemic isn't something we prepare for it's not like oh we got a bpmd record coming out here's a protocol <laughs> just in case this happens yeah. and you know it's it, it's i don't want to say it's uncharted territory because if you want to talk about the spanish flu and all that shit happened 100 years ago but we're in a different time. Now, I want to talk about, before we get in the record, Mark, I want to wind the clock back, I think, a year. I'm going to start this in, start us off a little bit differently because BPMD formed where, I don't know which interview it was, but it was something about you having been inspired by your eight-year-old son, if he's nine already. Yeah. But and you're, And it was somewhere something about he was being exposed to a lot of Taylor Swift, Kendrick Lamar, Ed Sheeran, which, you know, it's it's almost you can't avoid that it's what we're around but I, what was it I, about that time that brought you to where you are now i want to set the record straight on that oh he sure hates and despises taylor swift kendrick lamar etc <laughs> etc et so i just want to set that record straight he hates it he hates that even got brought up um he <laughs> he, he loves the beatles skinner metallica that's what he loves. He's, that's what that's what we got to bring out. Let's bring that up. All right. Um, so we were uh, let, almost exactly a year ago. Um, we were sitting, hanging out in the backyard, just chilling out, relaxing. Skinner comes on and he goes, "Dad, you guys should cover this Saturday Night Special." And uh, and then bam, light bulb went off. 
called up Blitz, and uh, here we are a year later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it yeah. really it's that fast. Man, in in the Mengi household, in the Mengi household, he, he says, in this house, people plug their instruments in and stand on stage. End of story. <laughs> Man, and you know, is he uh, is he is he eight? He's nine, or nine, it's been nine, yeah. nine now? Just turned See, nine. And now look, he has an effect on some of the most you know you know already influential people in metal. Mark, you come from Metal Legions. That's already just an influential name itself. And then Bobby, you already have your own legacy with Overkill. I believe twenty albums already, if uh, nineteen or twenty, something like that. But, you know, being stuck at home, like, I don't want to say we're stuck at home, but, like, being at home like we all are, a year later, you know, how are you guys keeping up with your your vocals, Bobby, Mark, with your bass playing and everything else in between? I'm assuming you guys live in a place where you can just go and belt out as much as you want without the neighbors complaining, right? Well, yeah. that's, I mean, I, that's the key to this, and, and that's the key to that, uh, you know, that clarity of mind thing. You know, to, to be able to have as much normality in your life, you know, whether whether you're me, whether you're Mark, whether you're you, whether you're somebody who's listening to this, you know, do what makes you you reinvent yourself. I mean, so sure. I mean, we're you know, I'm working on the 20th Overkill record. I just actually sent Didi a, a list of titles, you know, that I thought were uh, awesome. Um, so it's somewhere in my head, keeping things uh, the norm uh, or as opposed to the new norm. Is is what's um, inspiring me to get through it, and I, you know, I truly believe that most people do that. They were, you know, they find out, what, you know, what's important to them. You know, uh, Mark's home with his sons. Uh, he's he's homeschooling them. He he's, you know, you do what you have to under the circumstances. Not just uh, Mark and myself, but uh, everyone. So I su- I suck at third grade math, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my uh, it's funny so that my brother he's actually visiting right now. And- he's a second grade teacher and that's you know it's something that it's a tough position to take in when it comes to teaching because you can't really see your students but hey um, I mean I'm glad you were able to just, you know at least you know, be around your son Mark and uh, you know be able to actually at least attempt to teach math I'm not the best at math obviously but but hey it's good to see that you guys are both busy now I want to follow up on that does this pandemic open up new things for you personally and artistically that you guys may ha- not have noticed about yourself before. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny this recording the BPMD record and then doing the promotion and then having a lot of time to play and practice or whatnot actually opened me up to learning different techniques, uh, trying to improve my playing, uh, taking, I've been taking spiritual based advice from Billy Sheen. <laughs> um, you know, and just learning learning new techniques. So I've been practicing and playing a, a hell of a lot more. That's good, Bobby. Mark Mark's teaching me how to cook. Italian. <laughs> there you go. I'm not kidding you. I mean, he's giving me he's giving me a couple of good tips already. I got pasta fagioli. I got uh, making my own uh, my own marinara. I've always made marinara, but I was always missing a little something. He scored me on a couple of things. We did a couple of seafood dishes with salmon and. Uh, and scallops, and I've always loved cooking, but I always like to step out of it. So, I suppose I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm being super spiritual. I'm trying to keep things uh, the way they are. I try to push my vocals. Uh, I try to keep things normal for me, and in that norm, there's always been a push. But I like to experience new things. So I think that these new things, a uh, couple you know, learning how to cook, still riding old Harley Davidson, you know, four days a week. 
is what keeps you know keeps me level and, and keeps me um, let's say feeling normal about myself and keeping that clarity. What's on the menu today? What am I having today? I'm having I'm actually doing barbecue chicken today, but uh, this is my recipe. This uh, this isn't Mark's yet. It depends <laughs> if I fail. <think, laughs> I go back. To <laughs> <laughs> And that's good. So one thing that's been a common denominator within the guests that I've had is, uh, and you guys have seen it, is live streaming. That's been going on a lot as of late. Now, we've had bands like, you know, Insomnium on their show, and they're one of the first bands to take on the initiative to, I, I believe they sold virtual tickets online to fans, and then did the live streaming for the fans to tune into. Code Orange did the same thing. I believe it was the day the pandemic was announced. They did the whole empty venue uh, live streaming from Pennsylvania. And, well, I wanted to ask you guys this as an artist for both of you guys. Do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. And I think you'll see Portnoy and Demo doing the bulk of it. <laughs> you know, they seem to be involved in every almost every quarantine jam that's out there right now, um, which is awesome. And, um, you know, I, I love watching them. I love seeing Alex Golnick, um, my writing partner in MA. He's doing a lot of them. Um, right. For me, though, uh, it's I need to be in a room. You know, I, I need to I need to be jamming with other people. Yeah, you know, it, it just it's not the same sitting there, hitting record on a camera, playing to the camera, getting inside my own head, pausing it, deleting it, starting over, imagining Blitz yelling at me pausing, deleting, starting over. It's just, I'd rather be in a room fighting with him or Alex or whomever. Sonny, it's very simple. It's no fun drinking beer by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Perfect. <laughs> I could just say quotes already from this interview and just like use him as just like a staple for like morale <laughs> for both of you guys. So I want to talk about touring. You know, now that we're Again, I don't mean it's not like a broken record, but here we are at home. What was both of your, you know, what was your favorite parts about touring? There's like food, culture, fans. Now it's kind of you taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation for the tour life? Kind of just step back and just exhale. And does it make you see things in a different light, perhaps? Well, when I was married, I used to have to come home and have my wife shake the bed and go like this and my ear to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've spent probably, you know, over, you know, I've been touring since 1986, so we're talking 34 years. And I would think out of those 34 years, there's probably been 10 solid ones, you know, if you if you had put it all together. So it's a part of me. Uh, I, I, to some degree, had taken it for granted up until this point uh, yeah, because I, I it was always there. Uh, but I think that um, if things change, they change. I mean, I, I mean, you have to accept the changes to be able to, uh, to, to not pity yourself uh, during a situation. So so if they change, they change. Do I miss it? Sure. Did I take it for granted? I never did because, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I love the fact that it was, you know, it, it was touring was my left arm. You know, if writing and singing was my right arm, touring was my left. You know, so for me, it was just natural. I mean, when we went, when we met in Dallas, I remember having a great time with you in the interview. You know, yeah. so it's it's just kind of the way I've always lived my life is that, it's not a pain in the ass. It's, um, uh, it, it's, it's uh, to, you know, to some degree, a charmed 
uh, position to be in to have that many friends over that many years and have that many new experiences in different places. So uh, it was always there that I will uh, I'll never take it for granted again. Mark, did you want to add anything to that? No, he pretty much said it all. You know, again, I you know and I I've all of my touring and playing has come with MA and the other we would do a week here two weeks there festival here show there um and i've always savored every minute of it um because it was it was right when we all got together to to play and uh so i always um took full advantage of it on the flip side of things you know now that i sit back and you know i spoke to our agent this morning and um you know because we had stuff coming up and uh with ma and it was like well that's gone you know where do we look how do we look into the future and it sucks not knowing not knowing if if and when we'll play again you know and uh it's you know especially with ma because we're all spread across the world i mean literally you have people from you know andreas down in brazil you know we're here in the states we have people all over the map so who the hell knows you know and and it's it's not knowing it, it sucks not knowing um if and when it'll happen again yeah, with Metal Allegiance, I, I I was wondering how that would affect a group like yours, considering what you just said about so many talented musicians within your arsenal, and it's just spread across the globe. I don't, you know, is is it is it normal from like uh, a, a just a band who are you know at home right now? Because Metal Allegiance, like like it, it's just a band of I want to say a band of just a family coming together and playing the music that you guys love, and with BPMD. And it's, I believe we're about just a week, a little bit over a week after since American Made came out. It's, you were talking about it was different from a Metal Allegiance record, but there was already some chemistry between, between the members. Was that, was that as important as, as you mentioned? How important is chemistry considering just everything that brought you guys together in the first place? I feel like it probably wouldn't even happen at all because I want to go back to your son, how he inspired you that night, and you, and you just bam, 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 called Blitz, called Portnoy, called Demo, and you already had that already lined up in the bag. How, why was chemistry so important? Is it because of that relationship you have with them? Yeah, 100%. You know, Mike and this is our fourth record together, Mike and I. Um, you know, I know how he works in a studio. Uh, I've seen it. I've written with him. We've written two records. We did an EP. Uh, now we did the BPMD record, so... I know how he operates. You know, Phil, he is my stage right partner in crime for all the live shows. So I know how he rolls and, you know, Blitz. Uh, we, Bobby and I co-wrote a song together, did a bunch of shows together. We know we have a lot of fun together. So it was just chemistry, man. And, you know, when I called up Bobby that night, it was literally out of the blue. I don't think I, either one of us were expecting that. <laughs> and um, That's yeah, probably and the best. That's probably for the best. The, it's when you least expect it, when the best plans, I guess, kind of just take the surface yeah and you know it was just super spontaneous yeah you know and, and i agree with them i mean there's something about spontaneity that lights fire you know i mean you i mean you have spontaneous ideas for whatever your hobbies are or whatever you do with regard to being a journalist and that spontaneous idea comes up and you're giving it to somebody else when it, it stays spontaneous the fire keeps burning if you stop overthinking it is when you you start fucking it up and this was nothing to be overthought this was something that was just simple. He's really calling me up. I say to him, I love saying this. Don't call me when you're drunk after midnight. <laughs> Let it be on record. 
but the point was is that my eyes started getting bigger and bigger as he started laying out you know pretty simply one paragraph of parameters with this 70s you know 70s american blah blah next thing i know i'm saying this guy's asking me to transpose transform leave the current era and go back to puberty <laughs> you know, when i was you know when i was cutting my teeth on rock and roll and do it with some of the favorite bands I knew of that era. I said, this is a no-brainer. I mean, how do you expect me to say no? And that spontaneity uh, carried over to uh, Demo importantly. I mean, you know, within 24 hours, we had a band. And, and again, if you would have asked me the day before, or even an hour before, even shit, 15 minutes before, I would have laughed at you. I mean, that's how fast this thing happened. And, um, you know, and again... You know, and I want to set the record straight again for the second time in this. It wasn't after midnight. It was like 8.30 in the, in the <laughs> evening. Okay, so let's just go there. All right, you let's know, make so, sure all the records are straight in this one. And you're talking about chemistry. And part of the fun, you know, when you're doing something like this, and this is, uh, you, you probably have it down in, in Texas too, but if you're busting somebody's balls up here, you're having a good time with them. Oh, That's hell what, yeah. It, it means to like them. So Mr. Maggie and myself have always had that rapport with each other where it's like, you know, I mean, I walk into a dressing room, I insult everybody. He's the only one who laughs. <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. If you're not, if you're not, like you say, if you're not busting each other's balls, what the hell is the point? You know, you got to have a little fun and got to, someone's got to do it. And if someone's going to do it, it's, 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 uh, and it's like a being a link in the chain and you did talk about that. So I want to set that example straight too. Now, how was the selection process for the covers album? Because I believe each musician picked two 70s rock tracks. Is well, that let correct? Me, let me just back up for one second. I'm going to set the record straight oh. again. <laughs> All right. We, I'm willing to bet on more than one occasion. I could definitely name a handful of times where Bobby and I definitely made people uncomfortable. <laughs> um, there's one that comes to mind. Which I won't say, but that's what you we can. Do. You can. This is interview under fire, man. Yeah, you know, that, that's that's what we do. We uh, we completely rip each other to shreds. You know, and we have fun with it, and um, you know that's why this works. Was that was that the time I said, "What's the matter with you? You got sand in your fucking vagina." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, That's a, just, but, I'm quoting Bobby endlessly here. It wasn't directed at Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but I know he appreciates. Yeah. All right. Now that now that record is set straight, I think we've already cleared out already a few pictures here. Now for the selection process, real quick, you know, uh, how did that work out? Because you talked about picking two songs between the four of you, and then the last two were they picked just by the community, or how did you how did you make the last two also? come to fruition well that's what it was it was it was two by each and i think that my two were picked you know before that original phone call was done i mean i had i had you know oh, rifled off the song, never in my life by mountain and i always wanted to do <clears throat> cactus is evil even though you know originally it was written in the 50s by willie dixon but it was presented and reimagined by them in the 70s so, you know, my input with regard to my two choices were done that, that night, uh, somewhere by, by 9 o'clock that evening. Yeah, being so, a link in the chain. Yeah. 
so what about the rest of you know uh you guys how did it come to picking the songs it, it was it just done within an instant as fast as bobby picked his well the other guys i mean they had their i mean they had their input yeah, I, I think it was uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. You, I thought you. I thought you got bounced off there for a second. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think it was all done relatively quickly. I don't. I don't remember it being a. At least I'm thinking back. It was bam, 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 bam. All right. Here's a ten. <laughs> you know, it was. I don't remember it being a a, a drawn out process. What's your memory of it, Bob? Well, you know. We were throwing it around, and, and I, I think that when I threw my cuts out there, my were like deeper cuts than Mark's. Mark did Beer Drinkers and and uh, Saturday Night Special, um, and then F Phil came in with what I thought were deep cuts too, uh, Tattoo Vampire, uh, DOA, uh, Van Halen, and then Mike was trying to go real deep and crazy, but then ended up just settling for two of the iconic bands of the era, that being Aerosmith and Ted Nugent. Uh, so Wang Dang and Toys in the Attic. The other two were community kicks. Uh, we thought American Band was a no-brainer. We knew it had been done over and over again over the years by different people. But this was American-made. This was the 1970s. This made sense. Grand Funk. And then I think Mike just threw up into the mix James Gang, you know, and who doesn't appreciate Joe Walsh if you're from the 70s? Now, I thought it's kind of cool because I had a bunch of these records when I was a kid. Mark, on the other hand, I mean, he's he's born after the 70s. There's a 20-year difference between us. So he's more of a student of it, where he had to go back and learn this stuff uh, with his vinyl collections, with uh, over the years since, you know, uh, became friends with some of these guys. He's got some. He's got vinyl signed by by some of the guys that we recorded with, you know, um, the who the original writers of of these these tracks originally, so I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty unique the way the whole thing came together. You said about there's something really great about nostalgia, especially if it's reimagined. Do you believe you guys did reach that point to where the record, the way it turned out, is it exactly the way you you wanted it to sound? Well, I I think that it's reimagined, but there's also an integrity that's kept to the original. I mean, I think that there's a you have to strike a balance between the two. It's very obvious I can't sing, you know, Ted Nugent like Ted or Derek St. Holmes. I mean, I can't do that. Um, or, or Steven Tyler. I mean, I learned very early on in my career that uh, there's one Steven Tyler. You know, there's one David Lee Roth. So better to be myself, maybe cop the phrasing, uh, cop the vibe, but not try to, uh, to copy the, uh, the tonality. Uh, so I think that that's what gave it its its uniqueness, and I'm not just saying myself. That bleeds into the film, or that bleeds into Mike, that, that bleeds into Mark. I thought <clears throat> the thing that did give it its integrity, and I'm not ass kissing because I don't like ass kissing bass players, was that he Mark took those walking bass lines and went all the way back to the '70s to make them happen. You wouldn't hear those walking bass lines on a metal record. Uh, circa 2019, released in 2020. And that gave it its uh, its integrity or its authenticity. Aww. <laughs> oh, you're not busting his balls. What's, what is this? <laughs> he owes it, that means he owes me another 20 bucks, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys did self-produce this record, but you also worked with Mark Lewis. What was it like to work with a seasoned person like Mark? Because he has such a strong resume of bands that he's worked with when it comes to putting a record out there 
for me, it was easy. Um, that's why he was selected. I knew he would deliver, and I knew what kind of files to deliver him, and I knew the tones he was looking for. Um, and uh, so for me, super easy. And I had a, you know, I convinced Bobby. I was like, trust me, I got, I, I know a guy. He'll, he'll kill it on this. And um, and Mike has worked with him obviously with MA. And I think I'm not sure if Phil ever worked with him previously. So, um, but yeah, Mark's great. He's, you know, I, I brought in some of the MA team on this with Mark Lewis, uh, Marcelo, who did the uh, album cover art. He um, he did the last MA record. West he did the EP, and. Uh, volume two power drunk majesty cover so i brought in some familiar foes <laughs> onto this you, you know what we gave him too was uh you know the building block for this was uh um we rehearsed at home separate from each other we got to mike portnoy's house approximately three three four weeks after the band was <coughs> the inception and somewhere about two hours into it said let's roll let's roll tape and now this is really the mentality of somebody recording in the 70s. So we're handing Mark Lewis the building block or the, or the foundation of the recording, Mike's drums, recorded in a 10-hour period, 10 tracks. So I think it lends itself to why the record sounds organic. It's clean. It's everything. You can hear everything on it. But it has the vibe of how evil would have been recorded, for instance, or maybe the mountain song or, or maybe something by Blue Oyster Cult. So I, th I think that we started off on the right foot by uh, giving them something that could make sound a little bit more organic as opposed to, you know, drums on a grid or, uh, or, or, or click tracks or, or like so. This was all a feel record. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that too when I was listening to American Made. The, just the production was just spot on. And when you're talking about, even if you reimagined re their songs, you want to keep it to, you know, to the root sound where it generated from. And you guys did, a, I think you guys achieved that, you know, going the self-produced route and adding Mark Lewis into the mix because that just provides another testament to the work that you guys put on. No doubt, man. Now, no doubt. Yeah. Now, now, have your aspirations for both of you have as a person and as a band, or just being a part of a band, have they changed or evolved since you first started in the industry? Do you see things differently now? Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, one thing I see differently is uh, Butch's fucking mug over there. You gotta do something with that hair, dude. <laughs> this fucking guy. I let this guy in my fucking house. He fucking insults me. It's unbelievable. <laughs> We're definitely doing another interview with you guys. This is I just crazy. got up. What time? What time? So it's 2.30. I just got up. You're in Portnoy hours. <laughs> I look at, I look at, uh, sure, things are different. I mean, you know, this is not, you know, I had different aspirations when I was a kid doing this. And that was to do the next one. You know, I never did this because I wanted to be some kind of a rock star. Obviously, you could tell by my hair. I mean, the, the <laughs> point is, is that I did it because it got me high you know and it continues to get me high i mean that's why i do it i keep chasing that high from when you know i was 18 19 20 years old you know my first shows with overkill this is you know i give me another one give me another one <laughs> that's kind of so has that changed not really but uh what has changed is that it is no longer uh it's no longer uh, a career or a want, it's, uh, I think it's more of a lifeblood for me, you know, it's, uh, it's what I've become, 
So I don't think you could deny the fact that you know, somebody who somebody who hammers out 40 years in this, it's obviously if his plan is a hundred percent self-serving, it's a bad fucking plan. He's doing it, he's doing it because he <laughs> likes to do it. So uh, that's never changed for me. Mark, anything on that? Sorry, I was still looking at Butch's hair. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's all good. Well, I was going to ask the next one. What other interests would you guys have that feeds your creativity within just playing music that maybe doesn't involve music? Well, I'd probably be at the local, well, not local, um, I guess the uh, local to Blitz McDonald's flipping burgers somewhere. That's where I'd be. I think we got it. This is the roasting segment right here. He's got to get his fingers out of his ears because that was not the answer to that question. (laughs) I mean, I have a a few hobbies. I mean, I like bikes, like I said. I mean, like cars. Um, I look at, um, I mean, I have, you know, close to 100,000 miles on a motorcycle, uh, you know, over these years. I mean, which is, you know, I probably you know, six foot four when I started, I'm about 5'11 right now. But the, but the point is, is that it's the thing that um, has always inspired me because it's something I like to do alone. Uh, and when I'm alone Not the only thing you like to do alone. I got a perspective on myself. And that answer would only come from a chronic masturbator. You heard that, right? <laughs> you heard that. You see, the first thing, the first thing that came to that guy's mind is, He's thinking to himself, I can't believe I'm answering Blitz's question while my hand is in my pants. <laughs> looking at that mug, right? Look at it. Oh, my goodness. This is great. <laughs> it keeps me level. And I think to some degree that inspires, uh, inspires the music, keeps me grounded. I have, okay. I, have a, I have a question. Go ahead. So you ha- how many miles do you have on that bike? About 100,000? Uh, not on this. Over the, over the three I've had over my life. How many miles do you have on that right hand of yours? Hundred hundred one thousand, which means I I owe myself a ride. <laughs> I think this is the perfect example of busting each other's balls. This is great. You should just do a segment where y'all are just roasting the hell out of each other. And total interviews like this. I mean, the guy's usually standing there with his mouth open. <laughs> this is great. I love it, though. So this is, unfortunately, this is the last part of the interview. So this, we didn't do this last time, Bobby, because we didn't have time. We were talking so much about so many topics. But this is what we call the hot seat. Hot seat. All right. So what I do is I normally I play this game with my guests where I read their own lyrics as they try to guess the name. But since you guys are a super group and seem to be pretty knowledgeable of 70s rock, I got some lines from some 70s songs that I personally picked to like to see if you can recognize them yourself. You guys down? Yeah. All right. I'm going to read a lyric. You tell me. Just tell me what the first thing that comes off of here when you hear the lyrics. So maybe for future cover. Who knows? Here we go. Nobody going to take my head. I got speed inside my brain. Nobody going to steal my head now that I'm on the road again. Ding, 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 ding. Deep purple. Yeah. Uh, do you know the album? Yeah, you got it. That's that's good enough. 1972 Machine Head. All right. All right. I, I think I'm going to aim for Mark on this one. Let's see if he gets this one. 
We taught him well, and from his youth, he knew he always must know the truth. He left his country to go to war. When he returned, he'd found we closed the door. Oh, I'm usually good at this. Uh, this is right down your alley, bro. Hold on. I don't know. Bobby, feel free to bust his balls. Um, this is Mountain, Flowers of Evil, self-titled from 1971. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for you, Bobby. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Uh, was running for my life. Now when he was away, the walking out was walking out with all the tall little ways. Think Germany. Well, that's got to be Scorpions, then, right? Mm-hmm. This is uh, Can, 1973, from their album Future Days. Jeez. Oh, I would, never yeah. would have gotten man. You are you are, you are going deep. These are the deep cuts, man. Exactly like what you said. This is great. I, hey, this is Ali's opening new newer uh, uh, newer bands for you guys. Maybe you haven't listened to yet. Because this is from a band that my little brother actually recommended me a few years ago about this band called Can, as generic as they sound. And this is an album from 1973 that it's it's a great album. And just not enough credit has been thrown around for this. Shout out to Can. All right. This one should be a good one. There's a hole in the sky. Something evil is passing by. What's to come when the siren calls you go to run with the wolf? Oh. God, I know this. Uh, Rainbow. There you go. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was the title of the song. Yeah, Run With Beautiful. the Wolf. Run With the Wolf, yeah. It's from Rising, 1973. Yeah, it's one of my favorite records. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you guys for so much for coming on my show today. Uh, sorry that we had to we had those technical problems, but I appreciate you guys. Uh, everyone who's listening, BPMD American Made is out now on Napalm Records. Check it out. Support these guys. They'll be on the road. Mark and Bobby, thank you so much, guys, from the bottom of my heart. We'll chat again next time for another ball busting session. All right. Hey, man, oh, thank man. you for support. It was, uh, it was really fun. You really uh, were prepared for it. We appreciate it. Hey, Bobby, we'll talk again next time, man. It was great seeing you Good again. Hey, we all should right, put see, on the hat now. <laughs> you can see you, Mark. You guys take care. Ya. Be safe, all right? See ya. Later. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade. That's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.